Hello, and thank you for tuning into Bible study. I hope that you're having a beautiful and blessed day. It has been a windy day here in Taos, a fiery day. There's been fire smoke that's peeking over our mountains that are coming from the fires that have been happening near us in southern Taos County. Of course, Taos County is a very huge county, so it hasn't come into our actual city limits, our town. But we've seen the smoke, and thank God that the winds reversed today and they went in the other direction. But seeing the reality of those fires, it's definitely making it clear and present. And I know that I prayed with lots of people today who were in fear, but we know that perfect love casts out all fear, and we know that our Father works all things for good, and we spoke about that last week when we were talking about winnowing. We were talking about the harvest, and we were talking about how wind separates the chaff from the harvest. We talked about fires and how fires cleanse and prepare us for what God has in store. We see these fires happening in the natural. We also see them happening in our spiritual lives that fires come to cleanse us, to purify us. They clear the pathway for new beginnings. And so I just give him praise because I know that God is doing a mighty thing upon this earth, a harvest time, separating what is useful from what is not. Before we get into this message, let's pray. Father Yahweh, we come before you. We thank you for your word that it brings light, that it brings revelation, that it brings insights to our eyes, to awaken our sight, to awaken our vision. We pray, Father, that our ears would be open to receive what it is that you're speaking to us, that we would hear and receive and absorb what it is that you would like to speak to any person that tunes in. We bind any foul spirit that is not of your kingdom that would try to hinder your word from falling upon good soil in our hearts. And we thank you for this word that you are speaking today. And I pray that it would bless, encourage, and build us up in you and in your truth and in your wisdom, your counsel and your might. We pray all these things in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. This one is titled Fires. And again, we've been speaking about fire because it's clearly in our natural world right now here being in northern New Mexico. And we can see the threat of fires and how it destroys and how it consumes. But it's interesting throughout scripture how the fire of the Holy Spirit is spoken of that does the same thing and works those things for good, consumes the things that are not of him in our lives. But that causes us to produce fruit, causes us to produce fruit of the kingdom. The things of this world give burnt off so that we can be used in the kingdom to produce fruit in our lives that is fruit of righteousness, joy, peace, love, long-suffering, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. We have fires that expose, that bring light to matters, that consume what is not of God, but also ignite what is. There's fire when we look at the temple. There was a fire that burnt day and night. The menorah, the eyes of fire of the Spirit of God, we see that there was the altar of incense that was burning day and night. So we see these different pictures of fire. Fire is useful. Fire gives us heat. Fire consumes. Fire destroys. There's different aspects of fire. And we pray for the fire of the Spirit that it would go out and that we would have boldness and courage in these last days, just as the disciples did, that we read 
read about in the book of Acts after they were empowered from on high with the fire of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to look at some passages today. We know that Yeshua was filled with the Holy Spirit of God, that he walked in power from on high, that he healed the sick and opened the blind eyes and he raised the dead to life. He was the living power of God living upon the earth. So we're going to look at this passage first with Yeshua and I'm going to give you a little backstory of what's going on. He meets a man that's been blind since he was born. And people assume that it was because of his sin that he was blind, but Yeshua set them straight. He said, no, he was born this way so that God's glory would be demonstrated. And so God's glory was demonstrated when he was healed and Yeshua put clay mud upon his eyes and told him to go wash at the pool of Siloam. In the Greek, it's Siloam. Anyhow, so he's told to go wash in this pool and that he would see. And that's exactly what happened. He was healed from blindness from birth. And that's such a powerful miracle. Siloam in the Greek, it means sent. Yeshua literally sent him to go to this pool to wash his eyes. And I just see that in the spirit realm. You know, we can have a spiritual blindedness and then we're called to go to those rivers of living water where he opens our eyes. If you are having difficulty seeing in your life right now or seeing what God is doing or seeing what your next step might be, I encourage you to go to that pool of living water. Get washed and renewed in his presence and he will will speak to you. He will awaken his truth to you. And I know that speaks to me because I was wondering about some things in my life over the course of this week, lots of different things coming our direction, lots of different conversations and opportunities. You know, not every opportunity is from God. Not every open door is one that we should walk through. In fact, sometimes it'll distract you off of your path or distract you from what God has for you. We have to have acute discernment in this hour because the enemy is seeking like a roaming lion who he can devour. The Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee. And we have had wolves in sheep clothing and people that come that offer to do different things for our ministry. And we have to be wise. So we're going to look at this passage, and this is after the man has been healed, and then the Pharisees are questioning him. Understand that his eyes are open, and now he is being interrogated by the religious leaders of his time. And of course, we know that they carried a religious spirit. In fact, they rejected Yeshua. They could not accept him. They thought he had a demon because he did not fit their box. Of course, we know that Satan cannot drive out Satan, and that Yeshua didn't have a demon. He had the Holy Spirit of God that would heal blind eyes, that would open blind eyes, but we know they wanted to kill him and they were always looking for a way to entangle him. So they're questioning this man that was born blind. And this is found in John 9, 9 through 13. They're looking for him, right? Some said, this is he. Others said, he is like him. And he said, I am he. Therefore they said to him, and this is the man who's blind, how were your eyes opened? And he answered and said, a man called Yeshua made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and I received sight. Then they said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought him who formerly was blind to the Pharisees. 
So he's just telling them the story here of what happened, how Yeshua healed him, and now he can see. And they're wanting to find out where Yeshua is. When we skip down to verse 28, and this is verse 28 through 34, they're still questioning this blind man, and he's basically standing up for Yeshua. It says, Then they reviled him and said, You are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. The man answered and said to them, Why this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from? Yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. I want to stop right there because he's basically saying Yeshua is from God because no one can heal a blind man if they're not a worshiper of God. He's saying he hears those who worship him, who follow him, but he's not hearing sinners. Now, of course, if a sinner cries out for salvation, God can hear and answer. But when someone is walking in blatant sin, Satan cannot drive out Satan is what the scripture is basically alluding. That Yeshua was not a demon. Yeshua was not of the devil. He was trying to express to these Pharisees, these people that were caught in this box, that Yeshua was of God because he was healing people. And I think that's a great gauge for us on this earth right now. We can look at the fruit. Look at the fruit of the people that proclaim to be believers. Look at the fruit in their lives. And when we look at the fruit, are people being healed, delivered, and set free? Are blind eyes opening? Are ears opening? Through their ministry, through what they're doing, we can gauge people. The scripture tells us that we will know them by their fruit. And I believe that fire reveals fruit in our lives. Fire exposes, fire burns. Remember, fire comes, and if you're still standing, then you withstood because you knew where your help comes from, your strength comes from. But fire will demolish things that are not of him. So when the fires come, it's very telling of people's fruit. You can see the fruit that lasts. When somebody is following after the Father and he is their number one and fires come, they're still standing in the faith and the promises of who he is. If your house is built on anything else, it's going to crumble. It's going to fall. So fires come and they expose fruit. Continuing on, it says, Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered and said to him, you were completely born in sins and you're teaching us, and they cast him out. So he's basically schooling them and explaining to them, look at Yeshua's fruit. It's plain that he's from God. Otherwise, he couldn't do anything if he was coming in his own name or if he was a demon. He could not heal me. I was born blind. So we see that this is a very good gauge for us also to to determine and to be discerning in this hour when we have people that approach us or come near to us that we look at the fruit that's manifesting in their lives. Is that the fruit of righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit? Is the fruit of healing, of the eyes being open, of the ears of the blind, hearing of the oppression being set free? We look at the fruit in this hour because the Bible says that many will come and deceive. We also look at the fruit in our lives and anything that is not of the Father that comes out, that we ask him to expose and burn it off, cooperate with him as he cleanses our hearts and purifies us. If you have the fruit of fear in your life, that's not God. If you have the fruit 
of despair. Notice that they're accusing him of being born in sin. Just like the accuser comes to accuse the brethren day and night, they're like, I'm not listening to you. You were healed of blindness, but you were a sinner, and I'm not going to listen to you. What do you have to teach me? Notice that they have the fruit of the accuser, whereas Yeshua was saying that he actually wasn't born blind because he was a sinner, but to demonstrate God's glory. So we see a powerful fruit in this. They're accusing him from a place of religious spirit, and yet they're the ones truly of their father who was a liar who came to kill, steal, and destroy. And then here's Yeshua. Here's this blind man. Of course, they don't fit the religious boxes, and Yeshua is saying he isn't a sinner. So the thing of Yeshua is that he is bringing truth and light and healing where these Pharisees, they're bringing false accusations and they're of their father, Satan, who is a liar, and they're coming against this man because he can now see. And so they began to attack him, the one that has been healed. And they're like, what do you know? You're just a sinner. I find this to be a powerful word because sometimes we are set free. Our eyes are open. We have run to that pool of his presence. We have been given revelation and we can see clearly in the end enemy will come against that. He will come to accuse. He will come to stir up false lies, to persecute. He will come against you. It's a religious spirit that will come against you when you can freshly see. It says they cast him out and they wrote him off as a sinner and they saw themselves above him. Who are you to teach us? And that's a religious spirit. A religious spirit will do that every single time, just write off a person, (laughs) but we will know them by their fruit. So let's look at the fruit of Yeshua. He heals the blind. He declares that this man is sinless and that the glory of God is going to be revealed through his healing. He walked in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. He illuminated situations, brought truth and life and redemption. And then we look at the religious spirit and we see that they're always accusing. They doubt the spirit of God, that they doubt the power of God, that they can't even recognize Yeshua. That's what this man is saying. Don't you know who he is? He's a true worshiper. He's doing his will. He hears him. In Luke chapter 6, 43, we read, For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. This is a time for us to look and examine fruit, the harvest, the chaff, those things that are getting burnt off. And we can also examine the fruit of those that come into our lives that might want to partner with us in ministry. It's very important in this hour to have wise discernment and look at the fruit because remember Yeshua said that many would come in my name. Just because you come in the name of Jesus and you call yourself a Christian does not mean that you're walking with him or that there's fruit in your lives. We've got to look at the fruit. The enemy wants to come and accuse the brethren day and night. 
He wants to accuse and say, you're just a sinner. You're this and that persecute. Where the presence of God opens our eyes, opens our blind eyes, causes us to see, causes us to be free, causes us to see who he truly is, that he saves, heals, delivers, that he is the son of God. He is who he says he is. And we can come to him and we can run to that pool and be healed. Amen. So we look at the fruit and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Many come in his name. And yet you can see from their language, you can see from their fruit, you can see from their life, whether or not they're truly walking with the Father. Are they carrying the fruit of righteousness? Are people being healed, delivered, set free, made whole, and safe? The scripture tells us that it's not what goes into our body, but it's what comes out. Mark chapter 7, 15 through 22 says, there is nothing that enters a man from the outside which can defile him, but the things which come out of him, those are the things that defile a man. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. When he had entered a house away from the crowd, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. So he said to them, are you thus without understanding also? Do you not perceive that whatever enters a man from the outside cannot defile him because it does not enter his heart, but his stomach and is eliminated, thus purifying all foods? And he said, what comes out of a man, that defiles a man. For from within, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. So again, the scripture is talking about the heart. It's speaking not of what goes in your mouth or what you feed upon. You can feed upon different things spiritually. It's not about that, but it's about what comes out of your heart. What comes out, that's what defiles you. It's again looking at the fruit of a man. On the outside, he might look good, right? talk good. Going along with the passage that we just read in Luke, it's you will know them by their fruit that out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks, but also out of the abundance of the heart come these things, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, evil thoughts, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. So you look at the fruit. What is the fruit that is being produced in my life or in those that are around me or those that want to partner with me in ministry? So this word really spoke to me this week as I shared with you that we had a lot of different things coming our direction. There's fires going on. There's all these different situations and pressures, inner fires, outward fires. But those fires come to purify because it gets you to that place where you're on your knees and you're in the presence of God. And that's where he opens your eyes so that you can discern so that that which is not fruitful is burnt away and that which is harvest stays. And I just had such an awakening and discernment while I was praying today where he was giving me discernment on certain matters. And I'm just so thankful because these scriptures give us guides to look truly at the heart of situations. The opportunity in itself is not a bad thing, for example. But it's what is attached to that opportunity is that of the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of the kingdom is that person walking in the fruit of the kingdom or in the fruit 
of the other kingdom. So we always have to have discernment and wisdom and fires will help us come to that place on our knees where we have greater discernment, where we cry out to the Father and he begins to open our eyes and show us the way that he is leading us and showing us the way to go. Amen. Amen. And this is the final passage that we're going to close out today. This is Acts chapter 1, 12 through 14. And we were talking about this a couple weeks ago when the disciples were in the upper room and they were in one accord and in one place. Remember, Yeshua ascended into heaven and he had told them, go wait on the Holy Spirit. Go to Jerusalem and wait on the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that's a word for us today, to wait upon the Spirit. We can have all these things going on in our lives, being busy, 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 but when you stop, you wait and you get in the presence and he opens up our eyes. He will speak. He will direct. He will comfort. He will counsel. He will lead and guide us into all truth and it's him. And don't make moves until you've gotten that peace, until he has awakened to you. And you can do that when you're together in one accord and in one place and in supplication. His presence comes out. You wait upon him. You wait upon him because he's the one that gives us courage. He gives us counsel. He gives us might. He leads and guides us. He empowers us with what it is that we need from on high. I mean, this is Acts chapter 1, 12 through 14. It says, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simeon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary and the mother of Yeshua and with his brothers. So they were in that upper room for a few days before they had that encounter with the Spirit of God. And I just believe it's just a now rhema word for us just telling us to press in with prayer and supplication with our brothers and sisters. Wait on the Holy Spirit because there is a lot of things that are happening. There is a lot of things that come our way to distract us or to get us off of the path that God has for us. And so when we wait on the power from on high, when we wait for the Spirit, the outpouring of the Spirit, we get into His presence. He gives us discernment. He leads and guides us into all truth. And He will expose the hearts and He will expose in our lives anything that needs to be burnt off. He will expose. He will bring fires that get us to that place on our knees. And we are so thankful once we've been in His presence because He shows us which way to go. And I just give him praise. I give him glory because I thank him for the fires that bring us to that place where we're longing to be in his presence in the living waters, where we're longing to wait upon him, where we wait upon him in prayer and in supplication before we go running. When you run without him, when you run ahead of him, when you get caught up in circumstances, you'll get back to your knees because that's what happens when we try to run and advance without him or his will in our lives. And he will expose the fruit. And I'm just thankful because I have clarity today because he has shown me fruit and he has given me discernment. And I'm very thankful in these matters that we're coming and so many things coming our directions, right? Oh, but thank the Father. He is so faithful. So we don't fear the fires because the fires cleanse, purify, burn off things that we don't need. And there is a harvest there that is left that we do need. Hallelujah. A harvest that is plentiful. So I'm just thankful for what he's doing in this timing on the earth. 
as we see fires happening in the natural, we also know that there's cleansing fires happening in the spirit realm. And there's also a release of the Holy Spirit and great power that is moving, that is clearing, that is preparing us for his coming. And I am so excited for that. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Yahweh, thank you for this word, for this rhema revelation. Thank you for what it is that you're doing upon this earth and for what you're declaring and speaking to us even now and in this season. Thank you for your mighty, mighty hand. Thank you for your faithful love. Thank you that you were God, that you open our eyes. Thank you that you call us to wait on you, to get into your presence, to wait on you, that you're with us in the fire and you're with us to expose. You're with us to discard the things that are not of you that would hinder our journey and you're with us to bring harvest. We pray that we would partner with you in this time. Get in your presence. We thank you for your mighty love. In Yeshua's mighty name, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for tuning in. I pray this word has encouraged you. I pray that it is spoken to you. I pray that it would inspire you and speak to you just as the Holy Spirit would intend it to. And I pray that you have a beautiful and blessed week. And also, if you would like to get a copy of my latest book, it's actually a compilation of testimonies. I have a testimony in there and my husband as well. And there's also five other authors. And it is a sweet little book, encouraging. And I believe that it would bless you if you would like that book for free. I'll send it to you. Email me at taushope at gmail.com, taushope at gmail.com. Have a beautiful week and Yahweh bless you.